After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, they tell you what they know, deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, the podcast that you know. By the way, I'm sure Deuce already told you, like, this is so casual, and that's why Deuce, whenever you want to start recording, I say we just start, oh, cool, um, Deuce has not stopped talking about you. He has raved about how much you grind the content you've been doing every single day about the NBA in the off season. He showed me your page and just, I mean, great job, first of all. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, too. Hey, absolutely. Um, I want you guys to know... I haven't told Deuce this, but you guys have been very inspirational in your own right. I mean, I've gone back to like old videos from like six years ago, seven years ago, like seeing the growth of your own content and like seeing the way that you guys are consistent and you basically formatted all of those things during the regular season. I started to like really hone in on the grind and and things of that overall nature, really in the playoffs more so than anything. So helping myself get out of my own head and just post and just like consistently learn how to get better on the fly has been the main thing that I've tried to do a lot in this off season. And it's hilarious because Deuce literally texted me, yo, how would you like to be on our podcast while I was listening to the one you guys just did? So <laughs> I- I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, for those who don't know, you could check out gifted youtube.com slash at gifted hoops. He does NBA content all the time. I was on his podcast a few weeks ago and we talked a lot of Kings. I'm like, we got to get, gifted on with us yeah because this guy like more said, is creating content 
nonstop. And I could tell you have a tremendous passion for the game. Like it's it's crazy how much content you're putting out there left and right. NBA fans should definitely check it out. Uh, before we like dive into teams and the Kings, I want to know like how did you fall in love with the game of basketball? Great question. Um, for me, my journey is very different, right? So growing up, my first love was not basketball, actually. Uh, I grew up playing football and not NFL football, but uh, basically soccer. My dad is from Africa. Um, so for him, he always told me that there's no point in watching sports or hearing people talk about sports. He always said, you have to play sports. I mm -hmm. want you to be like a strong man. I want you to like play sports, play sports. So growing up, I played everything that he taught me. And then as I got older, I joined a track team and like all of my teammates and my friends were like, yo, you have to watch sports. You don't watch anything. And I'm like, no, I, I just play. And then I started to watch basketball because my brother, he lives in Oklahoma City, basically. Right. So uh -huh. I would go down there and I would watch it on Christmas, and, and, you know, from time to time. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like they're really good at basketball. Maybe I should start watching these guys play because they're really good at the game. So then from there, I basically transitioned to like basketball, basketball, basketball. And then I really got a sharp understanding of the game in like 2016 or 2017. So long spiel. But the way I fell in love with the game was really through my teammates telling me about the game and then seeing it wow. in person how powerful the game really was. And your your teammates were track teammates too, right? They like that's yeah. those were the teammates that were telling you. Okay, so then if I can ask Gifted, how old are you and where did you grow up? Yeah, so I'm 24 years old. Um I grew up specifically in Detroit, Michigan. My dad has been here for over 20 years now, so he's still learning, you know, how to basically soak in the culture and things of that overall nature. But for me personally in Detroit is where I was raised for me. Okay. So just to be clear, your dad's like, Hey, don't watch sports. Don't talk about sports. Just go play. And now you create content talking about sports. So you actually did the opposite of what he told you. So what's he think about what you're 100%. doing now? He's happy that, yeah. I'm passionate, but he's not upset because he knows that growing up I was playing sports. Yeah. Like for him, he feels like the people that often speak on these things don't actually understand the game mm. or play the game. So his main thing was making sure that I wasn't going to be one of those people. And I was like super in the field with it. But because I break things down at like to like the the really finest detail He's satisfied. He's not happy, yeah. but he's satisfied. <laughs> and I'll take that. Did did playing any sports for you, whether it was football, track, anything else, did that help you also in, in how you talk about the game today when it comes to dealing, you know, maybe with teammates or emotionally going through a day where you're having a bad shooting day? All those things. is Did that help? Yeah, I actually think that did help me out because I got a chance to understand like why, why sports is such like a team thing and how like, it's not all about one individual person and also just understanding like the grind both physically, but more than anything mentally. Like, I mean, doing track is like, you're running for fun. Like you're running, right? Yeah. Like just 
full-on sprints, uh, your breath control has to really be there, and the encouragement and the power that you can give to your teammates, even if you might not individually be doing so well, can carry such a profound impact on everybody. So playing sports gave me that perspective, and now like talking about it through that lens really helps me to kind of understand the micro details of everything. So yeah, I would say that helped me out pretty much. I'm going to say something because I like you. And, okay. And I, I don't care because we can edit this oh, out. Yeah. I love you are sweating so much right now. Are you like in a sauna? <laughs> like what is happening? I just looked over at my monitor. I'm like, you're really are you is it you're not nervous, are you? No. So okay. this I room wanna, are we making is, you is, <laughs> Deuce is yeah, like, so, did I did I do something? Yeah, I'm like, we're asking about his dad and like yeah. life, and he's just like, oh, I didn't expect no. this. Yeah, and by the way, feel free to wipe. It's not weird if you wipe your. No. your I just felt bad. Okay, I looked okay, over. Cool. No, no. Yeah, I was oh. just like, oh my god, did with, I do something with our podcast? Yeah, no, no, no. no. Feel All free. you guys are fine. Um, this room specifically yeah. is very poorly air conditioned. Uh, okay. So whenever I do content. I turn off the fans yeah. and it gets hot very, very quickly. At least right I, now. I will it's say this. very hot outside right if now. If it makes you yeah. more comfortable, turn on a fan. I, want uh -huh. you to turn, I don't care about that. You can you can turn on a fan. Also, if it, if it, are I you want, sure? I don't yeah. want the auto to be bad. Dude, oh, no, no. Dude, I, I would rather you ha be comfortable because I was thinking about this as we were talking. I looked over. I'm like, you know what's going to happen? If I don't say anything about this, everyone in the comments can be like, this guy's just sweating nonstop. I didn't even say anything about it. So I'm like, we have to talk about it. Turn, go turn on, turn on your damn fan yes, right now. Please. I'm getting hot okay, looking okay. at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I know how that is because the room we do the the podcast into, yes. it does get hot. It well, it's funny. I was think I at first I was thinking that, and then I I noticed like after after we kept talking, I'm like. Wait a minute. If he's hot, he needs to. Yeah, yeah. He needs to get I hate comfortable. Being, I hate being hot, and well, I am not gonna. You should yeah. tell him. So gifted usually Deuce. Yeah. By well, all of our summer podcasts and interviews, Deuce will sometimes like wear gray, and by the end of the podcast, I know I'm just like he has drenched. the biggest pit stain yeah. or like sweat stains, and I'm just that's like, funny, dude. Wear black. <laughs> yeah, wear black. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, and, and we can't even hear you. Can't fan. even hear the fan. See, that's what's great. Perfect. Okay, that, cool. that is great. great. So I'm glad we uh, talked about that. Um, one thing I <laughs> one thing I want to ask you about is you talked about like watching the game for the first time. Was there a player that sucked you in? And before you answer, I've told this story before, but for me, when I started watching basketball like five years old. My first memory was watching Shaq dunk the mm. ball. He was with the Orlando Magic. Mm. And I'd never seen, I'm like, this giant man dunking the ball with so much intensity. It's like he's almost trying to rip down the hoop. It just, as a young person, it just sucked me in. I, I, I was just in awe of these larger than life people out there doing things that I could not even think of. So was there a player or a team that you really just connected with immediately? Yeah, so being that the first, you know, team that I really sat down and watched was the Oklahoma City Thunder, I would have to say them. Westbrook, in terms of his mm. athleticism yeah. and the way he would just, like, yell and, and, and scream, like, I just love the energy that he brought to the game. But for me personally, after sitting down at home and saying, you know what, I'm going to watch sports, I, I'm not at a family member's house on my own. I'm going to turn on my TV and watch sports. For me, it was the Warriors in terms of like the team aspect to the game, where it's just ball movement, motion, and 
highly skilled players doing what they do best. I mean, like these long distance shots that they're just constantly moving and running and having to use so much stamina to get off, just seeing them do that consistently for a entire season after that, I'm like, oh no, these are the guys that I have to watch. And it really sucked me in to the NBA because it's like, wow, there's athleticism and there's skill. And then there's players who have both blends. It's such a different thing to like watch yeah so for me those would be the two key teams and players that really sub me into the nba more i think about this a lot too with those warriors teams they were so fun to watch and we always talked about seeing so many kids and like curry jerseys those warriors teams i think you'll know like 20 years from now they created so many fans because of the style they played the the magic that they were playing with i'm not trying to act like they're the first team to ever do it i mean i I, i've actually talked to steve kerr about this before name drop uh where he was influenced a lot by rick adelman who was the head coach of the early 2000s kings and what they were able to do kind of ahead of the time with two bigs who could pass the ball the shooting and of course the warriors just took it to another level with the shooting of steph and clay but yeah, those Warriors teams, I feel like, created a lot of fans more. Well, it's it's interesting, too, because talking to you, Gifted, and obviously knowing Deuce for so long now, it's not like Deuce was playing basketball at a high level. It, you okay. Know, no, no, no. Why the shot? Why the <laughs> shot? There is, there is no shot. There is no sh- But that's the thing. There is no shot. There's a lot of people in this business that just fall in love with this sport, fall in love with um, like you were saying, the micro details or the magic of ball movement or the fact that this human being was larger than life. And it's cool to see how people connect to the game. But now I'm I'm curious then, how did you personally start teaching yourself uh, about, about, I guess, knowing the game at such a high level like everyone can see on your YouTube page? Yeah, so... What helped me out a lot was my friends got me into the sport in terms of watching it, but I also grew up playing basketball alongside with uh, track and also, you know, soccer. But in terms of me understanding it more, I started to watch older games on YouTube, like way, way back, like seeing how the game got to where it, it was. And then I told myself, okay, since I'm pretty new to the sport, every summertime, I'm going to just take time to watch older basketball games Mm. to see how these players played, watch clips, and just educate my brain on, like, okay, what's the vocabulary of the sport? Okay, what's a back cut? What's an off ball? And it helps because every time broadcasters covered (laughs) Golden State games, they would always say screen, this and that, this and that. And I'm like, there's so much going on here, but I appreciate the teamwork of it. Let me understand what's fully going on there. So – Years and years of doing that helped me really get more comfortable and familiar with breaking down the sport and talking about these types of things. I should mention this too. People are probably wondering how the hell did you come across gifted and gifted hoops? (laughs) You know, this was in the time of like, I don't know if Twitter space is still big. It's now X spaces, but I feel like the peak Twitter spaces time about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I'd go on random Twitter spaces and just talk basketball. That's how you guys? Yeah, well, and that's how I, I I heard him in a Twitter space, you know. So I no saw him, and he's making way. content. So that's how I came across, and that's what's so cool about what he's just talking about. It's like, hey, I want to learn more about the game. I need to watch more. You're going on YouTube to watch things. You're in a community of people just talking yeah. basketball with people all over the world, and 
That's how you connect. It's amazing how the game can bring people together. And because also too, and not to knock anyone down, but there's broadcasters out there that are getting paid millions of dollars sometimes to analyze or talk about uh, the game of basketball. And people put their trust in these people because they're on this big platform and they have all these all this money coming in. And it's like sometimes those aren't the people to listen to, to go to. And I've I know Deuce and I both have had have found a lot of joy in finding just real basketball fans that love talking about the game, creating content and going in this direction. And that's why um, Deuce was saying that you guys were talking a lot about the Sacramento Kings. So you followed or became a fan of the Warriors growing up, I guess. And then um, but you just obviously can talk about everything. What? What stood out to you about the Sacramento Kings in this last season? Yeah, so honestly, for me coming in, I've had my eyes on many teams. So so I started out as a fan of the Warriors, and I am still, right? Like, that is still my primary team. But okay. I transitioned from just watching them to watching pretty much every team. And last year, after the Halliburton trade, which mad so many people upset, like, why would they trade Tyrese Halliburton? It should have been Fox. It should have been this or that, this or that. And I'm like, okay, let me watch the Kings and really see what's going on there. And seeing like Fox play his best basketball alongside Sabonis and seeing that team like get up and down the floor. I'm like, this is the Kings team I knew because a couple years before that, they were a super fast paced and fun team, but the defense wasn't always, you know, quite there, but once Sabonis got there, I'm like, okay, they have a guy that has a great passing ability who better maximizes Fox. The fit makes more sense. They have spacers. It's just a matter of continuity. And then when Mike Brown leaves Golden State and goes over to the Kings, I'm thinking about, okay, the stability is there now. Like now there's a championship pedigree guy who's been ingrained in a system that preaches ball movement. And you're giving him athletes and guys who can pass at a high level. The Kings are going to be fun this year. And a lot of people were thinking this is going to be the same Kings team of the past. They thought that this team would be like a bottom of the barrel team. And I'm looking at it and it's like they have talent. I think this team can be good. And then they start out their year 0-4. And, and I'm like, are you guys actually watching the games where they went 0-4 in? Or are you just saying they're 0-4? Yes. What do you mean, Gifted? They were really good. They just narrowly lost those games. And I'm like, this is not the same Kings team. And obviously, you guys had the number one offense in the NBA. And you won a bunch of games and you finished as the top three seed. So I was right. It's comical when casuals come along <laughs> and, and they just look at a score. Or yeah. They look at a win-loss column. Which, by the way, when W's, L's, they matter a lot by the end of the season, of course. But like... In the beginning of the season, I always tell Deuce I measure things by 15, 20 games, usually for a lot of these teams. And that's why when they started 0-4, it's exactly what you said. If you were watching those games, you could see the style of play was still something different. It was it was growing to become something special. And I think that can happen with a lot of teams um, around the league, even going into this season. But it was fun seeing with the Kings right away. Yeah, I think. The thing that I've mentioned multiple times about the the, the team last year was I, I thought they were going to be good offensively. I thought they could be top five offensively. They exceeded my expectations. They were number one. Yeah. I mean, top five offensive teams just good in general. 
But I think what surprised me is just how it looked at times. To me, they look like a team who had been playing together for a couple of years. And that that's hard to do when you're not only implementing so many new players, but a coaching staff. And so for me, I'm just super bullish on them because of the fact that that was their first year. I mean, to me, they're only going to get better. They know each other. They learn. I just like I, I like what they did, and I was surprised what how cohesive that unit was last year. Dude, it was fun basketball, man. Like seeing them play up and down the court. I watched so many Kings in because like the way they came together and how the fan base more than anything was rallying behind this Kings team. The light the beam special movement that took place last year, like the team as a whole felt different. And I'm sitting here like Fox and Sabonis are coming together in two-man games, and they're involving everyone. Keegan Murray is making a ton of threes as a rookie player, and this team has not had that many reps together. It's only been one season, and it started in the offseason where the reps and practices and, and how the team was talking about things seemed totally different than other years. I just feel like that this team was going to be a sleeper team that was going to be way more primed to explode. And now we're here, you know, in front of 2024, and they've only had one year as a full roster together. That continuity is going to continue to grow and build. And that's in that right there. I mean, you bring that up. And I think sometimes in the NBA, I, you probably saw in this offseason, a lot of people being like, bringing it back. That's not sexy. That's, you know, sometimes how are you getting better with that? And where you're getting better is that you have a foundation and a coaching staff in place that knows how to, that not only set up something great, but that knows how to build off of that. And you have individuals on this team that Monty and Wes have brought in that have the mindset of, how do I get better as an individual player as well? So sure, sometimes you might be banking on that, but there, oh, and there were also other little additions along the way with this squad. But I think like you said, it gifted the, the chemistry and just like having that continuity. And I've mentioned that so many times in this off season, that's going to be something that seas. shines through. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the other thing with that, sometimes we all talk about this as people who watch the game, but we just had De'Aaron Fox on our podcast. Oh Yeah. And we asked him some of this stuff, and he's saying the same thing. He was like, I, I think it was more important for us to bring back the group than add a whole bunch of new guys because we we just went through this together. We went through winning 48 games and losing in the playoffs, and that's only going to make us better down the road. I thought that was interesting to hear from a player's perspective. You mentioned Keegan Murray. What What... What do you see in his upside? Because I, I felt like he got the experience of a lifetime last year in the NBA. I think for Keegan, his development is going to be so fun to watch because for him, I feel like he's a team first guy. He brought in and fit to his role his first year. I think the playoff series and the experience that he got having a chance to play meaningful games in his first year and go to the playoffs was huge mm. because in the second half of that series, you saw him get out of his own head and just play confident basketball. And for Keegan, you're talking about adding a wing to this team that projects to be a guy that can play impactful time on the defensive end, but also a guy that can become a true shot creator because his three-point shot is there and his handle looks even better than last year. So for Keegan, adding a wing to this group, that's led by Fox and Sabonis, who can also shot create and, you know, 
his buildup in terms of uh, percentages in the pick and roll with Sabonis could also be lethal. It just adds another dynamic to this team. So I think he can, can be a very impactful force for the Kings moving forward. Yeah, I think we're all really excited about Keegan Murray here in Sacramento, especially because, again, it's a I, if older rookie, but still younger player that didn't have to come into a really bad situation, got to grow and learn from a, um, a good culture and a good coach. And that was a great way to go. And then I think if you look at, like you were saying, the floor being able to be spread out even more, adding Sasha Vizenkov, um, mm. he just had his press conference the other week and he sounds like he's excited to be here as well. I don't know how much Euroleague you watch, but I'm sure you know about... He's a shooter. Yeah. He's very good. Yeah, what, he, what he is it? a lightning quick release. Okay. What is it about him that, that you're excited to see? I just like the size in terms of his shooting prowess and also how he understands how to pass. I haven't seen too much of him. I watched highlights as soon as I saw that he signed there. And in terms of his fit... For the Kings, when you add guys that are spacers and guys who understand how to play in the flow of emotion type of, of offense, I think his fit there can be very, very potent for the Kings. Having a, a guy that's not like 6'2 or 6'3, but like a sizey, yeah, bigger type of wing power forward type, I think that fits in pretty well. You know, I, I think another thing they're kind of excited for to fill out the depth is JaVale McGee. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think they expected him to be available in the free agent market. And obviously, the backup's five spots been one. They've been trying to figure out last year's Holmes, Kata, Metu, Alex Lynn. It was like a ton of different guys, right? Um, And this year is like, okay, what are they going to do? Oh, we'll have some Trey Lyle small ball five, which looked good in the playoffs at times against Golden State. You bring back Alex Lynn, then they bring back... Nerland's Noel on a non-guaranteed, Kate on a non-guaranteed to try out for the team. McGee becomes available. They scooped him up on a guaranteed deal, a minimum deal. I'm curious how impactful he could be at times for them as someone who has exactly what they want at the backup spot at times, size, rim production, lob threat. I feel like he could help in some small doses. I think JaVale McGee had a down season last year for the Mavericks. I don't think he was that productive right but we've seen him play good minutes in this league and i also feel like in terms of him having the internal like fire and passion to want to have a bounce back year he's going to be in a prime position to do it because the pace of how the kings run is quick 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 and he's that type of guy to where if you have a guard that's putting pressure on the rim he can still be that lob threat so for him i'm looking for him to be able to get back to what we know JaVale McGee can be. I don't think that last year is a, a fair example of who he is right now as a player. I do think he can become a better fit. And on the Kings, again, with that pace and the spacing that you guys have collectively, I could see him playing some good productive minutes on that bench. All those things, plus you add Mike Brown and his coaching ability in there and you think about how they know each other. They Not only do yeah. they know each other, yep. but Mike Brown is so... It's, He's what by the book militant, like however you want to put it, it's you're going to do it this way. And we've seen JaVale McGee over his years, obviously he's older, more mature, but over his years have those uh, moments where it's like a brain fart or you're just like, what are you doing right there? That can't happen with Mike Brown. Like his, 
his standards are so high and your leash is going to be so short that those moments are not going to happen, which is only going to make JaVale McGee bigger yeah, or uh, better as well. And I think JaVale's yep. learned so much over the last, like, you know, he's been in the league a long, I think he's yeah. getting ready for year 16. Jeez. I mean, you don't last 16 years in the league if you're a joke, right? right? right. And I think, you know, you had the early portions of his career and now you have this stage where He's been on so many, like all these winning teams want him on their team mm -hmm. because of the size and what he brings. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, what are your expectations for the Kings this year? You know, obviously they were the, they won 48 games last year, finished third in the West. What type of expectations do you have for them this season? It's funny because we talked about this in my pod. Um, I think for the Kings, where I look at them, I think they are a team that can flirt with the one seed. And I'll say that because last year they just had so much consistency in terms of their offense. And I understand like saying they have the best offense might not like mean too well when people say, well, the defense isn't great, but the Kings consistently, the way their offense looked, it looks super scalable to the competition that they played on a night in and night out basis. And guys were very healthy last year. So conservatively for me, I still think the Kings are going to be a team that this year will have home court in the Western Conference. Again, health is really the biggest factor here because in the past, we've seen Fox miss a, a couple of games here or there. And last year, um, him and Sabonis played many, many games. Also, Sabonis got hurt during the season and played through it to make sure that that team could actually, you know, make some noise and make the playoffs. So with all that in mind and the leap of Keegan Murray, again, if he can be that guy that can be, uh, you know, in different units, both with Fox or without, and his responsibilities go up in terms of pick and roll, you could see this team have many different looks. And what I always love about teams coming in is if you have a vision and you have the team, but you have years together, that continuity often carries you through a regular season. So I would still say, between the one and four seed range for wow. the Kings. I absolutely believe the Kings are a playoff lock this year. And, I do believe that. I mean, you, you mentioned like how continuity matters. You look at the Denver Nuggets, right? And I guess. I it, mean, in, in a certain extent too, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. The Warriors. And I know they had their troubles last year. Right. But they were still able to get into Do the playoffs together. and win a playoff series because of some of the continuity they had. Now, it didn't all come together. Wiggins being out, pool and all that. But it is interesting. Some of the teams you could have more success based on the fact that, yeah, we just know each other. Let's go to the Pacific Division, right? Uh, um, and which is so funny because I don't think we really gave a damn about uh, divisions until the Kings actually showed some uh, promise <laughs> last season. It's a stacked season. division, though, and, on paper. And it is a stacked division. And so on top of that, winning the division, it was like, okay, we're going to put something into that now. Um, the Pacific Division, what, where, when you look at that, like... Deuce just said it. It's stacked. Like, what do you see? Oh, man. I think, honestly, for me, when it comes down to ranking the division and, like, the Western Conference as a whole, a lot of it comes down to the style of play that these teams are going to have. I mean, I will never forget, after the Westbrook trade happened and you guys went and you played that L.A. team, mm -hmm. how competitive it was up and down the court, up and down the court. The, the non-quit in the Kings, multiple lead changes, down for big pockets of the game. Sabonis last season, whenever he was in foul trouble, Fox was the guy that stepped up and had so many big and crucial clutch moments for this team. I think specifically in that overall division, 
the execution down the stretch is often what I'm going to be looking at. And I think this Kings team, again, has a semblance of understanding exactly what they want to get to. Obviously, because Mike Brown, as you said, is so militant in what he wants from the team. But the guys he has to execute that vision fit very, very well. And it's right at the top with those other teams in that division. Yeah, Warriors, Kings, Clippers, Lakers, and Suns. That's an unbelievable division. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think anyone would have predicted that the Kings would win that division last year. I- I'm looking at this, and I think that it's a bigger topic, too, about who do you trust. Like, who do you trust in the West? Okay. Like, trust that they're going to be real. Like, nuggets. The Nuggets, I think we all trust yep. that they're, they're, they are a contender. No okay. doubt about it. Do the do people trust that the Kings are going to be good this year? Do yeah, you trust? Yeah, the from Kings? an outside perspective, like, do you? That's a great. That's a great point because I think when we're here in Sacramento and we cover it every day, it's like we see yeah. behind the scenes. Yes, but from a national perspective, sometimes it feels like they don't get the respect that they deserve. But also, maybe even people don't trust them. Yeah, I'm happy that you said that because I talk with a lot of people and like we've been, you know, pretty much every day talking about who do we trust in the West? Who's going to make the playoffs? I don't think the Kings are respected. And I say this because I remember the talks I was having in many different spaces. Like people kept saying, okay, they're winning right now. It's pre-trade trade deadline. They're going to fall off after the All-Star game. Okay, they haven't fallen off of the all-star game yet but there's still a bunch of time left it's not all the way locked up they're still going to fall down x or y team is going to be better than the kings okay the kings make the playoffs i'm wrong right coming into next season what the talk is right now from my perspective is the kings are a young team they did this this one year everyone stayed healthy you can't bank on that happening again we have to see it again like for a lot of people Whenever a young team comes out of nowhere and has dominance, they want to see another season to justify them being that team. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are still doubting them to be this good team that they were. And I kind of don't understand it because, again, I'm sorry. I always ask people, right, if you feel this way, what about what the Kings did last year is not sustainable? Because if their number one thing that contributed to them being so good was their offense and the style of how it played out, what is going to change about their offense that's going to make it worse next year? I think it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, and I think their depth is even better this year. So I think if there is a stretch, and let's be honest, odds are they're going to have guys who miss a few more games this mm-hmm. year. They had a really healthy year. I mean, I always say healthy in quotations because – they were still banged up. They were banged up. up. Guys, guys broken, played through it. Yeah. That's just kind of their mindset with that team. But, you know, odds are they're going to miss some games. I think they've got better depth this year to withstand that, too, if that happens. And other teams get hurt, too. That's just the nature of playing the in the NBA. Like Teams are going to get banged up for sure. Yeah, I, I just really, really like their depth this year. And I think that that's going to carry them um, a, a long way. We also have to mention that we are now on patreon.com slash deuce and mo uh, you can support the show in different ways right there are different tiers maybe you want early access to some of the interviews we do on the mm-hmm. podcast maybe you want access to exclusive q and a's 
a merch discount. Just check out all the options at patreon.com slash juiceandmoe. And just being here, you guys are supporting just by pushing that thumbs up, just by subscribing, by commenting, all the above. So thank you for consuming our content. We're just, hey, that small business that's trying to grow, grow, grow. So thank you for all of your support. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, the next thing we got to talk about with Sacramento and the rest of the teams, I'm looking at the West and as a Warriors fan, what your expectations are for Golden State. I mean, it's, I don't know how to feel, man. Like the, the Chris Paul on paper, of course, one of the great point guards of all time. And I'm like, I just, how's it all going to fit together? Of course, he's he's a smart player. I think he could play in a different system, but we haven't seen it. What's his role going to be with this team? Is it off the bench? Is it staggered minutes? Is it in the starting lineup? And did they get better this year? How are you feeling about the Warriors? Happy you asked me that. Um, this offseason has been a whirlwind for me a lot. A lot happened. They traded Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. And like after the Draymond Green Jordan Poole altercation and also how he had like a super up and down season, I kind of felt like the writing was on the wall for that to happen, especially with the brand new CBA being in place to really punish teams yeah. who are severely over the cap. So unloading that four year contract for a one year expiring Chris Paul contract makes a ton of sense. But it still feels weird because Jordan Poole played every game and as up and down as he was, his explosive highs when Steph was hurt and not playing was ultimately a big part of why we were able to win that. And also Clay Thompson playing at a super high level during the regular season as well. 
I think Chris Paul is such a weird fit on this team because a Chris Paul has had a lot of battles versus Golden State. I've seen firsthand, and it just feels weird to, to even you know acknowledge that he's on his team. But Chris Paul also just got hurt in the playoffs these past couple of years in the, in the postseason. He's been compromised. But in terms of what he can bring to the Warriors. I think he can bring stability to the second unit because no matter where Chris Paul goes, the stability that he brings in terms of not making too many turnovers or bad choices with the basketball is a huge one. The only issue with that is why he can maximize the bench. The idea of having him in place with the starters, I have to think about because I feel like Chris Paul and Draymond kind of play the same role where you give them the ball to essentially facilitate and not highlight their flaws off the ball. Because at this point, Chris Paul can still shoot, but defenses are willing to give that up to him. Not to a Draymond Love, obviously, but they're best suited with the ball in their hands. The difference is Draymond can at least set off-ball screens and get guys involved that way. I don't think Chris Paul is doing that at this stage in his career. So seeing him on the floor with Draymond kind of feels redundant, but I'm going to have an open mind because Chris Paul, again, is a veteran player. He's one of the best point guards, you know, yeah. of all time. And the passing and stability he can bring will absolutely make the second unit better. I do think with Chris Paul, it's interesting just his career, right? After Houston, when he got traded to OKC, I fell into the man, oh, this is last it. Year. He didn't look the same at the end of the yeah. Houston yeah. time. He's going to OKC. Probably won't be on that team. He went there and he helped make that team better. Yep. He I mean, changed his body. He changed his mentality. He, ch- I mean, sure and yeah, it was incredible seeing what he did. What and he, what he did for that for that young uh-huh. team, right? And then of course going to Phoenix and elevating that group yep. to another level. So you're having a hard time doubting him. I, I I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I think the the concerns are valid with him. Just the I think fit. the biggest is look his age well, and the injury sure. history. He's just he's banged up a lot. Those two things, but also this, though. Like, you know, we keep talking about whenever we talk about him with the second unit, we're like, we're like, yeah, th- they can benefit from that. That sounds great. Yeah. But then leading up to all of this, when he was in his first media scrum, um, to just not really knowing what his role is going to be with this Warriors team, uh, because we know that obviously players at this level – this star caliber player are sometimes treated different or you want to make sure you're making everyone happy. So that's, I, I just, I have a hard time like breaking down what he's actually going to do with this team and for this team. I do wonder with the pool stuff though, it's clear and they tried to like downplay it early. We all know the pool Draymond dynamic created some, weirdness in the locker room yeah i'm sorry i mean draymond punched him in the face it was weird ever correct <laughs> why jordan pool is gone is because of that correct. right they chose draymond over pool and they wanted to move forward with that group i do think that tension being gone can help things i also think if i was a warriors fan i would be selling myself on this hey the vibes are going to be better you've got all these guys super motivated who know how to play the game uh CP3 is going to get the most out of Kaminga. He's going to reach another Steph level. Steph thinks he's taking another level. Clay's motivated, yep. right? Yeah. Oh, and Andrew Wiggins missed a oh, huge yeah. chunk of time last year, came back for the playoffs. And he never does. He's like an Iron Man normally. He, so, he plays a ton of games. It's interesting. You could talk yourself into Golden State 
right being very interesting this year so you got like denver i think sacramento's in that in that mix is like i think i i think i trust them golden state i go back and forth with the suns i don't on paper you go that's interesting i just i don't trust i don't trust the suns i'm gonna say this right now and i know during the regular season there are gonna be times they look awesome mm-hmm. i just don't and i think the biggest question to me is just health i don't trust that beal and katie are gonna stay healthy and we talk about having continuity there's none really there new coach and a ton of player new players around i don't know yeah the suns are an interesting team um it's funny because i actually just recorded with a person that actually follows that team too the suns i feel like are going to be a strong regular season team but the continuity isn't there like you said like they're banking on devin booker Kevin durant and Bradley Beal to be these super talented players that just bend the court differently when they're there. Ideally, Bradley Beal and Booker are going to alternate leading their own one-man lineups throughout the game in potential staggers. And they got a lot of players on the margin that fit into what they're trying to do in terms of spacing, but who's their best wing defender? How many games are Kevin Durant, Booker, and Bradley Beal individually going to play? Now, Booker, I trust to play more games. He got hurt last year, but normally he plays a ton of games in the regular season. But Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant each year have had something go wrong with them where they missed a ton of time. And for a team that already is lacking significant and notable depth, you need those guys to play to really be successful. But I still do trust them in terms of being a regular season team based on that firepower and based on Frank Vogel being a good defensive coach at the very least. You know, s- sticking around the West, um, ESPN put out something the other day of like their predictions, like MVP predictions. I, they have Luka Doncic as like his their third, ranked third. Um, what do you feel about this, this Mavs team with Luka and Kyrie? My, like what I keep saying is that I would be shocked if Kyrie was on this roster by the end of the season. Only, and I know that's like, well, why are you even saying that? And it's like, well, just track record. Like you, I can't name what he's going to do, but he might do something. Yeah, this Dallas team is is very hard to gauge. There's there's a couple teams that are hard to gauge. I think Dallas could peak as high as like like a top five seed potentially, but but also like not make the play in or the playoffs like. <laughs> That variance is there. I think in terms of Kyrie, though, Kyrie and Luca's fit wasn't terrible. I feel like there are moments where it wasn't perfect in terms of what happens when Kyrie is on the ball and Luca is not. Like, how else will he play off ball? Those were some real questions. But in terms of Kyrie specifically, on the court, Kyrie actually fit in well with what Dallas was trying to do. He pushed the pace well for this team. That's normally like a slower pace type of team, which created multiple looks in transition. But the biggest issue with Dallas for me is, yes, you got Grant Williams. I thought that was great. That was yeah. a nice move. But yeah. the back line in terms of like the center position is in question. Like, like I'm not sure how strong that is going to be. And the continuity in terms of those pieces aren't there. Now, granted, having Luka and Kyrie is potent because Kyrie proved that he can man multiple lineups without Luca being there. And Luca, obviously, he's great, right? But how that fits in for an entire regular season with a lack of wing depth and also the center 
it comes into question for me, but yeah. their offense was was brilliant, like amazing all time with those two guys. And we saw obviously a lot of Rashawn Holmes throughout his time here in Sacramento. And I go, if you use him the right way, if you utilize his offense at least the right way, you can create even more of that. You can you can spread the floor. You Bingo. can have you know some of the like guys just spray out whatever it is. But it just depends on how they want to go about that. Now defensively, that's where you know you would see some issues, um, the rim protection, all of those things. But yeah, I, I think too with Dallas, yeah, they're, they're on the clock with Luca, and, and that, I just don't think they've done enough 100%. to 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 build around those guys right and they they look they decided to go with Kyrie and the second they trade for Kyrie they had to re-sign him and mm -hmm. this is what the team is now you know I do like the addition of Grant Williams he also got Seth Curry which had some shooting they, they have some nice pieces I just don't think they have enough and at some That's point fair. some point Luca is going to get frustrated and Luca's gonna be like, I yes. don't want to be here anymore, and that's a huge problem that Dallas has to factor in if, when they're trying to get this going in the right direction. Also, another team that I feel like are they sort of flying under the radar, or Ooh. maybe I'm, you know, Memphis was a number two seed oh. with everything that was going on. We know the John mm -hmm. Morant saga; he's missing the first twenty five games of the season. They lose Dylan Brooks, but they did add Marcus Smart yep. to the fold. Are we sleeping on them a little bit, like? Should, okay. Yeah. Where are you at? I like the, this. I yeah. like this. Okay. So, so, um, quickly to close out the Mavericks, yeah, thing, one thing I Go will on. say is the Luka Doncic thing in terms of him wanting out as a possibility is there. But I think where Dallas messed up initially before Kyrie was not extending Jalen Brunson ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Because oh, by leaving that okay. there, he basically had a breakout year and then he left for nothing. Lost him when for they nothing. Had the chance. Brutal. Yeah. And they wanted to sign, but they refused to offer him that extension. Yeah. And then he proved it, and now they're gone. So now it's like, okay, if we don't make this trade for star talent, we're bringing back the same roster that is very flawed and is not good enough. We might as well get Kyrie as an asset. Hopefully he plays well. If not, maybe we trade him sometime in the future. So from that perspective, I get it. But obviously Kyrie has had a questionable history in terms of being a part of a team to have continuity because every year it seems like something with yeah. his name is happening. But I do like watching Kyrie play basketball. Oh, I sure. hope those things work together. But the, sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah. So this is interesting. I got to be honest here. The Memphis Grizzlies have been a team that I've called wrong a couple times. Okay. I felt that in the past, their half court offense wasn't great. I thought Tyus Jones was a great backup guard. But every time I've said the Grizzlies aren't going to be this good, they've been this good. Yeah. And it's happened where Ja's been out, JJJ's been out, Bain's been out. And somehow this team just finds a way to win. There's always a next man up type of mentality. And I kind of feel like this year it's going to be more of that same thing. But the biggest pin in how good Memphis is going to be, it doesn't come down to Ja. It doesn't even come down to Desmond Bain. It comes down to JJJ's leap as an offensive player. Because towards the end of the year, you saw JJJ putting up crazy numbers offensively. And we understand that he is a defensive player of the year, caliber defensive player. So if he's making that leap offensively to make up for Ja's absence, on top of Marcus Smart being able to slide in perfectly defensively with him, 
this team will have a high defensive ceiling and that's going to win them a lot of games until Ja gets back. So that's a team that's very interesting. Again, I can understand why people might not be as high because Tyus Jones brings you more offensive value than Marcus Smart. I agree. But this team just finds a way to win, man. I don't yeah. know if I would bet against them, to be honest, Deuce. Yeah, with Steve and Steve, they really missed Steven Adams last year when he got hurt. I mean, I feel like they, they took a huge step backward when he got hurt. And then, you know, Brandon Clark's going to miss some time, mm-hmm. obviously, because he tore his Achilles. I think he's missing the whole year, year oh. probably. So that really hurts him a lot. But yeah, I. I may be selling, uh, talking myself into the whole like motivated John ja Morant, Marcus Smart, extra motivated too. I mean, he talk about a life change. The guy was with Boston his entire career. I think he can be impactful. I think he's kind of the personality that they need in oh, Memphis too. He's right? he's yeah. a a more controlled version of Dylan Brooks, and it's not even a knock on Dylan Brooks, but you you want that tough guy, that yep. energy guy. But Dylan Brooks didn't have control over it. You know, his hand would land in someone's crotch area, (laughs) whatever else would happen. That was chaotic. But with Marcus Smart, you have this energy guy and it's composed. It's way more under control. And he has evolved his offensive game as well. Yeah. And like he brings more value than Dylan Brooks because ultimately Brooks was an offensive liability to the fullest degree yes. in terms of not being a great three-point shooter but taking nine threes in the first game <laughs> yes. in the playoffs right Ugh. and then and then smart in terms of like playoff success he's been a part of that Celtics core where he's had multiple games where he was the guy where he's playmate at a super high level where his defense was also defensive player of the year caliber so pairing him with job makes sense because Tyus is a guard that Memphis a wasn't going to extend because they have to pay everyone, right? And two, Marcus Smart can actually close out games with job because of the defense. Tyus Jones is not this great defensive guy to put with job. So it makes sense. We're still like a few weeks away from training camps opening up, so this might be unfair. But knowing you, you've been <laughs> like creating content every single day. Do you have any other like teams that maybe people in general are sleeping on maybe some teams that you go we should be talking about this team more headed into this season okay so sleeper teams well my favorite sleeper team is the team that i i feel like isn't a sleeper but it might be for me it's the minnesota timberwolves man um i'm out a lot of people (laughs) i'm out have been out i'm so out tell us why i can't wait to talk about this with you i cannot wait i love it i love it so listen a lot of people are out right i'm in and the reason why i'm in is because of these factors a i said coming in last year if they were healthy they could be a very good team they were not cat missed a bunch of time they looked terrible they didn't understand how to play with with each other cat also had a bacteria to start the season which was really you know afflicting him anthony edwards wasn't in the best of shape to start and gobert looked lost like this team was a team that didn't understand exactly what they wanted to do. And then Cat being out, they put the ball in Anthony Edwards' hands more to learn how to like play make and operate more in heavy pick and roll usage. And they took the ball out of D'Angelo Russell's hands. When they trade D'Lo and they get back Mike Conley, a veteran player who has always been a steady point guard who understands what he's trying to do, shoots the ball extremely well. Once they did that, 
the chemistry between him and Gobert got a lot better. Jaden McDaniels took that leap last year, one of the best defenders in the league, bar none last season. And then Anthony Edwards also took that leap defensively as well. And then when Cat came back, this was a team that looked like a very scary team. They played a tough game against my team. We lost that game. They played well. And then in the Lakers playing game where Anthony Edwards didn't shoot the ball that well, they looked like a super competitive team that matched up well with size. And of any team to play Denver last year in the playoffs, they gave Denver the most challenge in terms of defensively. And there were players on the Nuggets who actually backed up that claim as well. So coming in now, year two of Gobert in a new team with a new system of people who are better defensive players. Anthony Edwards taking that superstar leap in fever right now. He's killing everybody right now. And then you also have Carl Anthony Towns, who's going to have a chip on his shoulder in terms of people counting him out. <laughs> I think this team can be a very good team. I really do. I I saw you smile when he said the cat thing, too. You're just, you're no, so. I'm not. Okay. I won't even <laughs> go right. too deep into this. Okay. He's not rocking with it. He's not here, rocking here, with here, it. No, here's He's my thing. He's never rocking with it. I think your point, like, I'm a huge Anthony Edwards fan. I think the guy, superstar potential. You're seeing it, like you said, with Team USA right now. I like the Conley move just from a stability standpoint. They Maturity. need a guy. And just, you know, we talk about knowing he, he knows Gobert from their days in uh -huh. Utah. So that that made sense, too. I think this team, the longer they hold on the cat, it, the worse it gets for them. And it's not that he's not talented. From an individual standpoint, it's a guy gets Super buckets. talented. A guy his size, that comfortable hitting threes. I think they should sell on him. They should sell on him and build around Ant. And I, I just, I, I think that dynamic can get weird. And this is just me from watching. I don't know. Maybe I'm making too much of it. I just don't think it's smooth. And we saw early in the season when Cat was out there and, you know, Anthony Edwards is chilling in the corner. Anthony Edwards needs to have the ball. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is a guy. And I think he won't reach the levels I think he can be consistently if Cat's on the team because Cat views himself a certain way. And, that's my that's my view of it. I believe, even though Cat, again, we see his how talented he is from a fundamental standpoint and everything. I think if he had a change of scenery and was maybe um, under a new coaching staff, not to say anything's wrong with this coaching staff, but like just for him, a new organization, I think he might treat things differently. Uh, he might see things differently. He might not, but someone might make him see things differently, the game differently as a teammate. And I, and not even calling it like, I'm not even saying like he's this selfish player, but at times the decision-making of just go, go, go when there's other open guys around, like you have to have this very selfless uh, mentality when you have those type of skills, because you're only going to make everyone around you even better. And I think that's something he just doesn't do to the best of his ability yet. So I hear your points. And what I would say to this is I might agree in terms of the long-term ceiling of this team because currently Towns is making super max money. Oof, and yeah. obviously like the fit between the two bigs is questionable, but I'm also of the mindset that, Carl Anthony Towns, in terms of his offensive production for this unit with Anthony Edwards, I feel like 
Anthony Edwards is still a ways away from being that guy to have the ball in his hands because his playmaking is getting better, but I still think he needs more time to fully fill that out. And that's why Conley is that great fit in between understanding how to initiate the offense and let Anthony Edwards for now be the play finisher who can create off of the catch and get other guys involved that way. But for Carnegie Town specifically, what he provides for this team is the length and the size paired with Gobert. It gives them a lot of lineup versatility. And towards the end of that season, they were like beasting teams physically in terms of rebounding, and it gave them a much different look. And maybe now figuring out that style against teams that are super switchable on defense in the playoffs is questionable. I agree with that. But in terms of them being a good regular season team, I think they check off all of those boxes for up- the upcoming season. Yeah, I think they'll still be good. I just, I don't know how far they'll go with that group. But, <laughs> you know, but there's, it's, it's... Another year under their belt, too. Like, what, yeah. and Mike Conley there, like, what I what like Chris I Finch. Do? I do like Chris right. Finch as well. He's a good coach. Continuity. Yeah. No, Continuity, right? you know exactly. <laughs> it's fair. It's uh, fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Were there any other teams? I know you mentioned Minnesota. I don't know if you had another one. It's okay if you don't. Um, I don't think I actually yeah, have yeah. another one. Oh wait, act, okay. You know what? Yeah. Fair enough. OKC, but oh, I was I gonna. Like s- everyone talks about OKC. You know, honestly. yeah. Are, and now, yes. okay. So I think we're to the point now with OKC this off season where everyone's like, hey, watch out for them. We're now. Are we overhyping them? I don't think. Okay, okay here's this. I guys. like them a lot. I don't think we're overhyping them, but I also think, like, duh, they should be taking a little bit of a lead if if. Chet is healthy. Josh Giddy, another mm. year under his belt. SGA is healthy and a stud. Like Jalen uh, Williams. Yeah. Like, come on. Of course. That's why I think it's a, yeah, no Can duh I, situation. I, I, and I know people yeah. make fun of Presty a little bit for having all of these draft picks and they haven't totally done anything with them yet. I like their approach. They want to see it. They want to see what this group looks together this year how they look this year mm-hmm. and then make decisions based on that because I think they've got some legitimate talent on this team. Again, keeping this kind of young group together. You saw the flashes last year. SGA was all NBA first team. Yeah. There I think they have the chance to be really fun in the West. I like OKC, man. I do. Um my my problem is kind of what Dude said. I feel like everyone is saying OKC. <laughs> and I feel weird about it because yeah. everyone saying OKC probably didn't watch OKC last year because they were so surprising of a team. They were a top 10 defense without real front court depth. And their offense came into question sometimes. But the way that they just pounded you every night in terms of getting up and down the court, getting to the paint. I mean, Shea leading the NBA in drives per game. And as you said, being a all NBA caliber player, my question for OKC for next year is, okay, adding Chet is going to fit in well, but in terms of the floor of this team raising up with all of the other teams, will it sustain itself? I think it can, but everyone is saying it. And I feel weird when everyone is like, oh, yeah, OKC, no-brainer, when half the people don't know who Lou Dort is. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's something I've never mentioned on the podcast, but I told Morgan, I was like, I was just spitballing here, and this is because of, the James Harden situation in Philly. And, you know, I think there's enough noise about Embiid now oh. where that we talk about Luca being in a fragile situation. I think the Embiid Philly thing is fragile. All right. I think there's enough oh, yeah. out there. I mean, could you see Presti gone? A whole bunch of picks? Oh, there's some picks. Like, that's not going to get Joel Embiid. Okay. Percy. If you're, if Embiid says, I want out, you're the Sixers, you're going, okay. 
I want a good young player. I want a shit ton of picks because I'm probably going in a rebuild mode, uh-huh. whatever. Yep. OKC could be that team. Could OKC put it, if they feel like they're close enough, right? Like, hey, we are going to be really good in the West. Could this put us in the championship contention if we took a young piece and some of these picks, I don't know what the deal would be, and go after Embiid? That was one of my thing as, could this could OKC be a sleeper Embiid destination? Anything could happen. I don't know. I mean, anything it can happen. Me. Don't, don't, don't be nice yeah. to me and okay. say anything can happen, both of you okay. guys. If it's stupid, just <laughs> no, no, tell no, no, me no. it's stupid. I was just, <laughs> no. I, I just had this thought going, I, I got a rebuttal for you. I got a rebuttal okay. for you. Right? Okay. Anything can happen if Daryl Morey was not the GM. Yeah. Because ultimately he is. Yeah. Since Daryl Morey is the GM, there's no way he's trading in B without getting at least an all-star back on top of pick. Fair. Uh, Shea would probably have to be in the deal. There you go. Here's, Sadly. Here's like, a hot, like, here's I the, do think that. Here's the take, though. Who? Maybe Maury's not the GM when Embiid gets traded. Ooh. I was waiting on you to say that. Okay, okay, so okay. That that's okay. where it gets. We are drama filled on this podcast. Now, and my whole point of even bringing that up is just OKC has put themselves in a position. They've been really patient with this. Mm-hmm. They've had some losing. They've taken on the bad contracts. You know, yep. SGA's missed time, and it feels like they're finally coming out of this. This whole like post, you know, from KD Westbrook. Paul George, Carmelo, you know, like they're coming out of all this and now you're starting to see it and you're like, oh, okay. And they're getting ready to pounce. And I think there are certain teams in the league. And I think that's what is super exciting about the Kings too, is Kings still have some other picks. Like they're, they're in a, they, 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 oh, Atlanta won this year for the Herder deal. But after that, their, their cap's not terrible. They've got got flexibility. They're ready to pounce. And you start looking at some of these up and coming teams in the West where you go, wait, they've got young talent, team friendly contracts and picks. Look out for those teams when some of these stars inevitably become available. So, God, I love the NBA. Bring on games. Same. I'm ready. I can't wait, man. Yeah. Gifted. I, wait. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with us for so long. Uh, yeah. you, you love the game. I love talking to people who love the game. I encourage everyone to check out your YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at gifted hoops. Where else do you want to plug anything else? Yeah. Um, just the channel. Um, I'm also on Twitter at gifted X hoops and also a uh, podcast is going pretty, pretty well right now. I'm just trying to drop consistently on yeah. Mondays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. pretty much every time Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And just taking the grind in one day at a time and just trying to better divert my full focus to it is where I've been at this entire offseason. And again, like you guys have been a big driver in terms of being creators that I also like focus on. I mean, dude, eight years of content on this channel that I've yeah. been going through Click watch, click watch, well, click watch. And Seeing you guys was big for me. One, I appreciate you saying that. Two, we didn't start making a jump until we were consistent. And that mm-hmm. didn't happen until the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. And we shifted focus. Yeah. We used to be kind of sports focused because of our background. Then we went, oh, we love the like, NBA. What we, do love we love basketball. The most? So we focused on that. So you are way ahead of what we were doing in the You're beginning. There. And we we take from everybody. Like we, we love, we see what you're doing. We watch what you're doing. We see what other content creators are doing outside of sports too. And you just learn from people. I think we can all learn from each other. So I'm glad that you could learn from us. We can learn from you and just stay consistent. That's my point. Because once we stay consistent, 
You're like, oh, okay, now it's starting to grow. And just be patient with it, you know? Try different things, challenge Patience. yourself. We're still trying new shit all the time because we yep. haven't figured it out. You know, it, it takes time, so. But, but also, like you said, like making sure that you're looking out and seeing other people yeah. that are doing this work and respecting other people that are doing this work. And that's why, like, you know, he talked about you. I got to see some of your stuff. And it's like, yeah, why wouldn't we collab? It's um, It just all makes sense. We're all just you know, talking about things that we love. So thank you. In the off season where there's literally no basketball, pe people have to understand making content about the NBA when there is no basketball, <laughs> you really got to love it. Cause there's so many people just not doing anything. Or and then forcing in October it. training camp. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Forcing it. Right. We'll keep it up, dude. And uh, we'll be bugging you again to, to have you on soon. Anytime, anytime, anytime. Absolutely, man. That's the one and only gifted hoops. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.